You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. Matt Perim, Eric Scopel, Jared Mac on the show. It's our last position preview, and we're doing it the day Oregon will be opening up fall camp, uh, August 5th. Ducks practice late afternoon, so get ready. It's going to be there. Uh, we'll have recap on the site of Dan Lanning, and then Saturday's practice will include recap from Tosh Lupoy, Oregon's defensive coordinator, and also Kenny Dillingham, Oregon's offensive coordinator. Uh, so we'll get two days of practice coverage, and then that Sunday there's uh, no media availability. I don't believe they're practicing either uh, on on that Sunday. Uh, so we'll get a couple days in, and then they you know they take a quick break, but they'll be right back out there next week. But to get you ready and to, to complete our position series, we're talking defensive backs, uh, special teams. Uh, let's just address this real quick. We were going to do one. Um, but it, the information that we got after some transfers and some some additions, like it was so minimal. We just felt like instead of just completely guessing, we're going to wait a couple of weeks or a week or so to you know talk to coaches, talk to players, and get a better feel for just where things are at um, with that one. It's it's kind of a hard position group to preview, anyways. So we're just going to wait a week or so and get more information. Then we'll have a special teams podcast to Eric's delight. Um, but DBs, it's a new group. Verone McKinley, the general, he is off uh, to an NFL roster. I think he's on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we've also saw Mikhail Wright go pro. Uh, he is, I don't know if what team he's on. I can't remember. Um, Seahawks like invite him to training camp. I think I don't know. If yeah, he, he did not get drafted. Um, we also saw some transfers with this group. In and out of the program, um, it's a new it's it's a new era of the position group, formerly maybe currently known as the D Boys. They still doing that? I don't know. I don't know, but that needs to come back if they're not. That was such a cool name. I like it. I think the players have to like it before we uh, we let them implement it. Um, oh yeah, Mikael Wright says Arizona Cardinals, but I, that was just his Wikipedia thing. That's right. For this is like very lazy. Oh, I just Let's I just see. read that he was at a mandatory mandatory mini camp tryout with the Broncos. So there's three uh, teams. Just, Who knows? Uh, he's he's trying out. That he's fell off quickly. Trying to make a roster. Guy. Anyway, um, but no, it, it is a new it's a newer group for sure. I mean, you you lose your best defensive back and. And Verona McKinley, and you lose your two starting corners. I mean, DJ James transferring to Auburn was kind of a gut punch. Um, not totally unexpected with the staff turnover and the fact that Auburn really needs bodies. And he's from the state of Alabama. And Oregon lost like every player on its roster from the state of Alabama, basically. You know, I mean, Jason Jones went there, uh, Robbie Ashford went there, along with DJ. Um, I mean, they lost. Yeah, I mean that that's beyond the point. But they're, they're, those are big losses and. I think the positive thing, I mean, I'll frame it this way. I still look at the cornerbacks as, as probably the position where I'm most concerned of this group because I think at safety and nickel, you've got enough guys returning who've played a lot or who are highly regarded players that I, I feel pretty good that it's going to be at some point high end. But I still think 
you know, having previewed the defensive line, having previewed the linebackers, secondary is definitely the biggest question mark on this defense. And I think you'd be lying if you tried to argue otherwise. And I don't think there's really much question about it. Um, there's, you could maybe argue that the, the ceiling of the defensive line isn't quite as high as the ceiling of this defensive back group because Dante Manning was a five-star recruit and Christian Gonzalez was somebody who everybody's really raving about. You know, I mean, we did our breakout players list and he was mentioned a couple of times as somebody who could really stand out as a, as a potential star on this team. At the same time, like those guys haven't started games at Oregon. They are a little bit unknowns to a certain degree. I, 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 I've been long on the Gonzalez is going to be a really good player kind of hype train, um, you know, after talking to some people and after having watched spring, but I think you still have to be honest. That's a position that's got concerns, but safety, I look at it and go like, it's crazy the depth there because Steve Stevens, who started eight games last year, we're like, we don't even really talk about him, you know? Um, and that's probably on us. I mean, he wasn't, by the way, he wasn't included in the interviews yesterday. I don't know if that says anything or people that probably just says media alike aren't interested because those are typically media. Um, you know, we go, we, we select the people we're interested in talking and then they pick the people who have the highest level of interest. It says people are kind of overlooking him and maybe he'll be someone to watch. But I think the reason he's not just like a, I mean, he's, he's the player, by the way, besides Jamal Hill, who's returning with the most starts in the secondary. And yet he was somebody who was even brought in. Um, we don't talk much about him. We don't. And that's probably, again, I think that might be a mistake. I wouldn't be surprised if we get into fall camp here and it's like, okay, we should really be, we should really be talking about Steve a little bit more. But the reason he's not is because he was dealing with an injury in the spring and as we've talked about previously, Brian Addison and Tricos Bridges kind of naturally stepped in and seemed to do really well there. Um, Bennett Williams came back and he's cross training between both the nickel spot and the deep safety spot. I didn't get a chance to talk to Bennett at media day. Um, I think Matt, Matt, did you talk with Bennett? Yeah, I did. Did he give an idea of where he's fitting positionally? Cause I think that could unlock a lot for what the defensive back. He did not. Um, he just talked about the, just the room in general. Um, he didn't give us much on position location. It was just, he's excited for the opportunities he's ha- he's going to have to make plays. Um, I think he is one of those guys where him and Jamal Hill are probably still figuring out who starts at what spot. I mean, is it safe to say they're both going to start and it's just figuring out where? Well, I think Jamal's, I think Jamal's probably the nickel um, based upon body type. And if Bennett's not the nickel, then Bennett gets thrust into some of the stuff in the back end. I would be surprised if Jamal ends up being at the back end. Um, I still think Bennett's going to end up starting. I know Jared's, Jared disagrees to a certain extent just based upon spring stuff. I don't want to speak for him. He can explain why in a moment. But um, I, I my, And this is where it gets interesting. We're talking safety here um, is because I look at it and go, if I were to pick three safety slash nickels that I think I'd most like out there, it would probably be Bennett and Triquez at the back end with Jamal Hill at nickel. But – I don't know if that's going to be reality because in the spring, then it was splitting time at nickel, splitting time at the back end. And Brian Addison was really there every single day. And we should know Brian Addison was a player who was replacing Steve Stevens, who was out, who was kind of limited for parts of spring, started kind of getting back into the fold. I can't remember if he really took part in much fastball. I think he did do a little bit in the spring game. So he probably did, but it's hard to really get a feel because 
I think they're still trying to figure out where everybody fits best. So that's what kind of like, that's why I look at the safety group and feel like wherever they land, there's going to be talented players, but I, I have a hard time. Like I, I, in my, in my kind of like best case, it would be some sort of bridges Williams at a uh, Hill combo, but we, in the spring that wasn't used at all. No, it wasn't used at all. Um, two other names to add uh, JJ Greenfield and Damon David. Um, Another name, Donovan Dalton. Uh, I think maybe one scholarship guy between the three of them and Damon David. Um, those are three guys who are probably going to be on the depth chart, but I don't think we'll get a lot of playing time. Um, the safety position overall, I think, is in a really strong position. Uh, like, we've, like we've mentioned, when, when you're not mentioning Steve Stevens, who started eight games, who went down with an injury and missed a lot of the spring game or spring camp, excuse me, you know, that's a that's a deep room and all throughout spring um it was a constant competition for the star position um but free safety and boundary safety were locked up because triquez bridges and brian addison were the only two players to play those positions except for one practice the the very final fastball period that we were able to see where bennett williams played free safety over brian addison um my starting, my, my projected starting safeties were uh, Jamal Hill at the star, Brian Addison at the free safety, and Triquest Bridges at the boundary safety. Um, yesterday at Media Day, there was some potential misunderstanding with Triquest Bridges about what position he's going to be playing. Um, I was looking into the quotes, and I started a little too late, and I couldn't get it. And then I tried to look for my, um, my depth chart at the end of spring and I couldn't get it in time. So I'm kind of going off the top of my head, but um, Bridges, I believe is going to be a safety this season. Um, I think if there's an injury in the cornerback room, which I think is going to be a huge issue, if that's the case, I think he might transfer back over to corner um, in a pinch, but I'd prefer to see him at safety. I think he and Brian Addison are really good together. And I think their skills very much complement each other. It's probably not, the most talented duo that they have potential to put back there with Addison, who's kind of a question mark as a safety. Um, but you know, like when you make a team in 2K, you have system proficiency and like the, the guys who really fit the grit and grind system, then your head coach is a grit and grind head coach, make it like a four star and then your team plays better. Yeah. That's how I feel about Brian Addison and TriQuest Bridges in the backfield or in the defensive backfield, because yeah, it might not be as talented, like an overall rating as what Triquas Bridges and Bennett Williams would look like, or Steve Stevens. But I feel like the duo of Addison and Bridges match the system proficiency of this defense more and just kind of make it click, kind of make it work more than another option would. So that's how I look at it. And it could be a, a very lousy excuse or a very lousy reason as to why they were my projected starters, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it um, because I just I really like how they work. I really like their skill sets. I really like how Brian Addison is just a six foot five center fielder and could cover a, a ton of ground. Excuse me, almost a slip up. Um, could cover a ton of ground and go get balls and has a, an absurd wingspan. And then you have Triquest Bridges, who is like a seven foot wingspan, who's six foot three and uh, has all the 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 covering ability because he played corner last year. 
um, and also is really quick and is self-labeled as the fastest player on the team, which I don't buy. But um, I, I think those I think those guys as your as your deep safeties are are, are going to be good. And to quickly jump on the cornerback injuries is obviously the biggest concern. There's not a lot of depth there. Um, Dan Lanning talked about how the I, I guess the secondaries aren't aren't there yet, which I think he meant just to talk about cornerbacks. They're not there yet, um, and they're going to try to get them to do what they're good at and not what they're not what they're bad at. Which sounds great on paper, but if you have like two guys go down with injury suddenly, one of the Jaleels or Kamari Terrell is in the starting lineup, and that's going to be something. I think that's where Triquez is a, is a valued as asset because I would imagine similar to and I'm sorry to extend that Matt couldn't get a question there, but I think similar to if hypothetically Alex Forsythe got hurt, it wouldn't be his backup on the depth chart necessarily would slide in. It would be Ryan Walk who would move over. I think it's a similar yeah. thing if you're looking at if one of the two starting corners and we expect that to be Gonzalez. And we expect that to be Manning where to get hurt. I think Bridges would probably have a pretty – I think he'd make a lot of logical sense to slide over there considering what he did last year. Could be totally off on that, but I would imagine you'd prefer Bridges there over a Florence or a Barkins or a Tucker or a Terrell. But that's just – that could be just me. I, I would agree with that. I, I think Bridges is – what's the best way – Bridges is kind of like Dawson Jaramillo on He's the offensive time. line yeah. where he can play basically every position. Um, and maybe it's a game by game basis. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they can do it game by game, but maybe it's a, a where the team is at right now for that couple of weeks. If a guy's hurt, Bridges can, can slide over to playing more safety or if, if no one's hurt and he's really good at corner, they can you know they can keep him there. Uh, or if there's a special matchup that they want his size and length for, they can kind of match him there. I just think he's super versatile and he kind of gives Oregon that Swiss Army knife that Dawson Jaramillo does as a reserve along the offensive line. Um, corner. I wanted to ask this question about the cornerbacks because. Eric brought up Christian Gonzalez that there's a lot of attention towards him or there's some attention towards him. Um, you know, someone at the program felt like if he had a really good year, a really special year, he's probably, he, he could go pro after one year, but more than likely he's going to be a two year guy, but the NFL will, will be calling his name at some point. And then there's a bunch of other guys. Dante Manning is a five star, but he's, he too, just like Justin Flo, has had some injuries in his couple seasons with the Ducks. But if he's healthy, I think he could be a really good option at that cornerback spot. And then you throw in Bridges. And then I wanted to specifically bring up Kamari Terrell because I I think we all just frequently just associate the freshman corners as Jaleel Florence and Jaleel Tucker um, as two guys that are highly regarded players. But Kamari Terrell might be my wild card here. He's really tall and he is really, really fast. He has like insane track speed. Um, and I, I think he was one of the ones yesterday, right? Where they were claiming he's the fastest guy on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody brought him up at least. Yeah. 
And so I just I just wonder, like, from a corner perspective, Gonzalez is going to be good, I feel like. Dante Manning and Bridges between the two of them, you should feel good. And then if you can just get one of the three true freshmen, you're in a good spot. Then, you know, obviously injuries could impact things and change things there. But from a talent perspective alone – that a, f- a four-man group of those guys should be pretty good. And I think we have to recall Avante Dickerson is somebody who I'm really high on. Darren Barkins is another guy mm-hmm. who has physical tools similar to Terrell. He's been here a little longer. Um, I, I I think I think it's interesting because yeah, I mean we we I, I to me it's it's been this way since spring. You know, Jared's talked about his Addison Bridges sense in the back end. I have felt. And I think most of us would agree it's going to be Gonzalez and Manning at corner are the top two guys. I don't think there's much debate there. I think figuring out afterwards is tough. And then figuring out how many guys you can rely upon is really tough because Dickerson, to me, is probably your your third name. If, if we're assuming Bridges is more full-time yep. safety, which I think is what we think. But there's some cons- some uncertainty now based upon a couple media day quotes. We'll have a much better idea. Later on today, because um, this podcast is dropping Friday, and then we'll be watching practice. Um, secondary is a pitching group, by the way. We need to be watching a lot just to see where everybody's lined up and kind of what hierarchy. Yep, yep. Jared, you can raise your hand. That'll be you. Um, but no, I, I I think Dickerson, someone I'm really high on, as probably that number three guy. But the fourth guy is going to be somebody who's either a Barkins or a true freshman. Is is, is my perspective on it right now, and that's sort of scary because. Florence was here in the spring, had an interception in the spring game, kind of quiet otherwise. I know it's hard to really – we didn't watch enough competition periods to like really draw huge – I don't know, uh, to take too much away from. But I, I, I so I don't – I just don't know what he is. And then Tucker and Terrell, I haven't even seen those. You have no idea. I haven't even seen those guys in person yet really. So, um, I mean, as I said to start the show, like I think you've got a lot of quality options at safety – I think there's going to be like a – there's a reason that Damon David initially entered the transfer portal despite being a really highly regarded recruit, and that's because like he looked up at the depth chart probably at safety and thought, well, shoot, I mean, I'm maybe at best fifth out of – just not, not at a position group, but just I'm at best fifth among the safeties right now. Like it's going to be tough to get a spot. I think corner is the one where they are going to be relying on some really young players, and that does get me a little concerned if there's an injury – and it just also gets me concerned about depth over the course of a game because you go up against certain offenses and they're going to want to make you put three corners out there at a time. They're going to want to have you run a lot of routes uh, defensively, and that's going to wear guys out, and you're going to have to play some weeks four or five of these guys, and I don't know. I mean, I, this is probably the one position on the entire team I'm kind of sounding some alarm bells for because – I could see a scenario where you go against the wrong type of offense. And I know they're not on the schedule, but like hypothetically, if they played USC in the conference championship game. Yeah. That could be a scenario where it's like, it ends up being one of USC's receivers against Julio Florence for big, big moments in the game. And how well does Florence or Tucker or whichever two freshmen or Darren Barkins hold up there. And that's where you do get a little bit concerning depending upon the matchup. I think, Honestly, looking at a lot of the matchups in the conference, there aren't too many where I go like a game will be decided upon a player like that, but you could get into the situation where that happens, and I think that would be cause for concern. Yeah, it could be a scary moment. 
Um, you know, luckily the, I mean, well, the quarterback competition has improved since last year in the Pac-12, but it's still not like where it probably once was in the peak years. Um, yeah, I think we've been sounding the alarm on the cornerback depth now for a couple weeks, if not a couple months, um, just because, yeah, they lost a lot of guys just right off the bat in the transfer portal and Michael right to the NFL draft. Um, and, you know, you look at a guy like DJ James, if he stayed, he'd be the true number one guy. Um, Jalen Davies is a guy who left for UCLA. If he were still here, he'd probably be battling for at least the second string spot. Um, but that's just added depth. That's a guy who has a year of experience under his sleeves. Um, you know, you, Avante Dickerson has to be the number three overall cornerback on the depth chart. Um, and, and I guess you would have Darren Barkins fourth. Um, Barkins played all over the place in spring. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, second, second team, third team, first and first team. Uh, those first teams, Dante Manning was out for one of them, and then both Manning and Gonzalez were out for the second one. Jaleel Florence uh, only lined up with the second team for four practices, so I think that's something. But then again, he was um, burned in the spring game by Dante Thornton. I know he did have that interception, but he was also just ran by by Thornton. Uh, and he also had a, a touchdown given up to Seven McGee over the top, which, again, it's a difficult play. I think that was Florence, if I remember. I but uh, it's definitely an interesting room. And uh, to Matt's point about Terrell being the wild card, um, I like it. I just, for every freshman cornerback that comes in here, they have to learn fundamentals. Yep. And it doesn't matter if you're really fast. You look at Dante Manning, who came in here, and you know, five-star, way higher rated than, than Kamari Terrell. And he still really struggled in his freshman year because, frankly, cornerback fundamentals outside of being a quarterback – um, that's probably the second position that, where fundamentals matter that much. Speed obviously helps because it, you know, you have to catch up to people when they run by you. But fundamentals off the line, um, jamming a receiver, things like that, your footwork, your backpedal. Um, if, if that clicks for any of these freshmen, I think that's going to be huge. Uh, I just, it's a lot to ask. And it's a lot to hang your hat on too, that one of these guys will figure it out and again, this is where Triquiz Bridges potentially comes up in, you know, in case of emergency use stairs. Uh, this is in a case of emergency use bridges. Um, and I think that's that's going to be the end result here if, if someone goes down with an injury. And unfortunately, like we brought up earlier, Dante Manning does have a history of, of injuries. And, you know, another knock on wood scenario. Just if Manning stays healthy, I'm really excited to see what see from him this season. Um, I've been riding the Dante Manning hype train this entire offseason, and I'm sticking to it. I still think that he's going to be really good this season. I think that Demetrius Martin is going to unlock something in him fundamentally and technically. I think that he's just going to turn in a good year. I think he could potentially be a lockdown corner for Oregon um, with his size and his speed. He just needs to stay healthy and – you know, that's that's what we're aiming with for now. Let's end it with this question. Is there is there like a potential all-American guy out of this group? And by all-American I say like honorable mention. Like is there that is there going to be a guy that we can we can say, "Hey, if he has a really good year, 
he's going to be in that discussion for being viewed as one of the best cornerbacks in the country? Or is it one where the DB unit is good because they collectively play really, really well together, not because of the individual talent? I think it's probably more likely the latter. If I'm going to pick someone, I still think it's Gonzalez. Again, I talked to somebody who said he might be pound for pound the best defensive player on the team. So, I mean, that was pretty high praise. Um, You know, I I think it was Maliki Madaval. I asked, well, this story is already up on the site, so maybe you've already read it, but breakout players, he said, Gonzalez, no one's going to want to throw the ball his way. He's just going to lock everybody down. So, I mean, if I'm going to pick someone at corner, I think he's kind of the no-brainer. And I I don't know if there's a better answer at safety to be honest with you. I mean, Bennett Williams is probably the player with the most attention, but as we've talked about in this podcast, it's like, we're, we're still not, we're kind of talking about him, but without knowing exactly where he's fitting into a defense in terms of a starting spot. So I would lean, it's probably a group more likely to be good because of it's the sum of its parts, as opposed to one standout. But if there is going to be a standout, I think to me, Gonzalez is, you, you brought that question up and I didn't even think of anyone else. Yeah. I think it's Gonzalez or Manning. Um, and probably lean more Gonzalez just because of what we've heard. Um, I've also heard really good things about Dante Manning. Uh, I forgot who it was, but someone listed him as a breakout player this season. Um, who was it? I think it was Popo who listed him as the breakout player in this this year. But again, I think that some of the parts is really good here. Um, and if you're going for a safety, I guess it would be Bennett Williams, um, unless some, if, unless Brian Addison starts and has like eight interceptions, which probably isn't going to happen. Um, it's going to be really hard to get an All-American from this from this roster, on the, especially in the secondary, um, just because there's there's no there's no like elite talent. There's no like elite first round guy, at least right now. Maybe at the end of the season, I'll be eating my words which I would gladly do, but there's there's no one right now where you could point to and just be like, that guy is going to be a dude um, other than just hearsay, other than just what we've seen in spring practice where it's not 100%. You're not playing against everybody who's on the roster. Um, it will be fun, though. I still I still have confidence in that this, this secondary group. Um, I think safety is going to have to really pull a lot of weight, and I think that star safety is going to be really influential and really important on the field because I think they're going to have to cover up for some messes. And I think because of that, um, whoever's playing free safety better be able to move between both boundaries of the field because it's going to be – it could be interesting if a team starts to go immediately after these cornerbacks and see what they're made of. It's a good point. It's going to do it for us here on the Ots and Audibles podcast. Until the next one, we're breaking down practice on the Ots and Audibles podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you folks. Peace. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.